Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, joining you for another week, bringing you up to date with everything that's going on in and around Rock City. We've got a great show lined up today. We're going to be chatting with Brian Shanahan, who is the long, long, long time color analyst for the Toronto Rock. And, of course, he's still doing his thing on the TSM Plus stream games this season for us alongside Matt Cullen, who is doing the play-by-play, and Ashley Docking, who is our host and reporter for the game. So, Looking forward to chatting with Brian Shanahan. We like to do that every once in a while on the podcast, mix things up a little bit and chat with uh, somebody outside the organization, technically. And of course, Brian always brings a great, great perspective on everything that's going on in and around the National Lacrosse League. And of course, many, many years following the Toronto Rock very closely. So we look forward to chatting with Shani in a couple of moments here. But we do have to remind you that the Toronto Rock are at home on Saturday at 1 p.m. against the Philadelphia Wings. It is a stream-only game. And again, a reminder, a 1 p.m. start on TSN+. Plus. Right now, it is in the midst of a free preview window. So if you weren't subscribing to TSN before and you didn't have access to stream the games, well, now you can do it absolutely free Go to tsn.ca or open up the TSN app and you can get to TSN Plus through there and you'll be able to uh, enjoy the free preview that is on and you can check out the game on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. That is a change from the original scheduled time. So just a heads up there, tell a friend, 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, the Toronto Rock and the Philadelphia Wings. Let's jump right into our conversation with TSN Plus analyst Brian Shanahan. Right now on Toronto Rock Total Access. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and I'm now currently joined by the color analyst for the Toronto Rock, Brian Shanahan. Shani, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mike. How about you? I'm doing well. Uh, Great to have you back on the podcast. First time this season and looking forward to diving into a few things, not only about the Toronto Rock, but uh, also around the National Lacrosse League. And uh, let's start with our Toronto Rock here and and just what you've seen from this team so far this year. Some some big offseason moves that so far uh, seem to be paying off pretty well for the Toronto Rock. So I wanted to start off by talking about uh, Corey Small and Stephen Keogh. And just your thoughts on how they fit into the rock offense to plug some holes that were left by, uh, you know, some, some departures, but uh, so far it seems as though these guys are fitting in pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, obviously you guys, you know, lost Rob Hallier uh, last year, who's, who's, you know, a great player, but uh, uh, Keo and very different players, Keo and small, but both so reliable and, and uh, consistent. And, and, you know, like, Keo, when when he gets that ball in his stick, you can't get it off him. It, it, it almost looks like it's got a fishing net there. When he drives the middle, no one's getting off him, and and I'm just amazed he's able to get some shots away and he scored some beauties. and 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 he's got such a nose to the net and takes a beating. Where small, sometimes like even last week, watching like I felt like small is almost invisible at times, and then suddenly the ball's in his stick and in the net. You know, he's one of one of the fastest shooters. He, he, it reminds me, not the same style as Casey Burns. Casey Burns was like a quick stick, where Small is more of a, a he scores on the long shots, but 
It's just you make him that cross pass, and he just shoots right away, and it's in the net before he, you know. You could be saying to yourself, "Well, Corey Small hasn't done much," and all of a sudden, bang, bang, a couple of in the net. He can make goals out of plays that don't look like they're necessarily the always the highest shooting percent, but you know, power play, he's dangerous, and just that area, you know, that kind of that shooter's area in the power play. But even if he's five on five. He gets a shot from there, and it's just like magic. I, I, I like both those guys, and I think they're playing great. You know what, Shane? I've kind of thought the exact same thing, that he's kind of like the outside version of Casey Behrens. And <laughs> exactly. It's kind of funny because I think you may have just come up with a new nickname because Casey was always boom, boom, right? Boom, boom, Behrens. Now maybe maybe Corey's bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but you're right. You know, I never even thought of it until we just started talking about it. He is the outside version of Casey Barron's. You know, if you timed how off, how much he had the ball in his stick is not very much. It's just, you know, a second a second or two before he scores the goals. And, uh, yeah, no, no, it's great to have players like that because you don't, you know, they always say there's only one ball. You don't have so many players carrying the ball. So it's good to have a couple of offensive guys who don't want to carry the ball. They just give it to me. I'll get it open, give it to me, I'll take a shot. Yeah, I'm just all show up for the shots, and that's about it. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other part of the the rock game right now that seems to be thriving, and and it really is quite clearly linked to the team's success in games, is when the rock get goals in transition, the team has success. And the biggest you know shooter so far in transition has been the defending defensive player of the year, the reigning defensive player of the year, Mitch DeSnew. He scored another three goals last game, but maybe just talk a bit about, you know, what you've seen from Mitch DeSnew and just how deadly he seems to be uh, in transition right now. You know what? Like, like the defensive player of the year, that's a great honor last year, but like now we've got to be talking about him in the transition player of the year category. And, and, you know, and last year, you know, he did it last year too, a few times. I remember scoring a couple of big goals against the Bandits in big games and thinking, yeah, this guy's got some touch, but it's it's more than just a, a – it's a pattern now. When he comes up, he has got a fantastic shot. Like last week, I think the stats said he had two goals. He scored three last week, right? We yeah, did that three. game. Three goals, yeah. outside shots, picking corners, five-hole. Like those were shooters' shots. You know, those are the ones, and I think I said it on the broadcast, most offensive players, you know, come down in a transition opportunity, almost almost a subtle transition where it's where you think about curling up and getting your offense on the floor, and he didn't. He just picked corners, and and he is good at it. Like So it, it's happened enough now that you got to say, this guy is one of the best shooting defensemen in the NLL. Like that, he, he had the two shots that were in the two opposite top corners. And, and and that's no fluke. That He can shoot. So and that adds so much to the transition. And, and you know, you know, any coach will tell you now, you're not going to win if you're only scoring five on five. You need specialty teams and you need transition. And, and you know, those kind of goals seem to lift the team up. And, and, yeah, I think he's been one of the most valuable players on the team. Last week, you could argue – you know, maybe Schreiber, maybe Nick Rose, but you could also argue Mitch Desnu might have been the most valuable player in that game. Well, let's talk about Nick Rose right now. You know, he does uh, have a couple of losses, as does the team, as Rosie has started every game, as per usual, for the Toronto Rock. But, um, you know, he's got the league's best goals against average again, which obviously is 
you know, part and parcel along with the defense playing so well, but he's also got the best save percentage in the league right there. You know, just a, a few little uh, decimal points uh, separating he and, and Dylan Ward, but um, you know, talk about Rosie and just, I, I think the big thing everybody always talks about with Rosie too, is he, he's one of those goalies. You, you know what you're getting, you know, he's going to yeah. give you a chance to win every night. Is he going to steal games for you? Not necessarily, but you know, he's probably giving you 10 or less 11 or less. And that's kind of what he's done every single game yeah. this year. And he's tightened it, you know, even more so in a couple of those games, only giving up, uh, you know, seven and eight goals, oh, what was but... six or seven last week. Cause I know they, I can't remember how many were in on him before they pulled him to give holo a chance. Yeah. He only but... went in six goals there in, in this past Saturday night's win. So yeah. And well, you know what I'll say about Nick Rose? I think Nick Rose is an, an underrated player in the NLL. I, I, I really don't, he gets all the respect he deserves. I, I'm not saying he's disrespected, but everybody holds, you know, uh, you know, Matt Vince and Dylan Ward up to a higher. They seem to get, uh, you know, more votes for the goalie of the year and all that. When I think, I, honestly, I think Nick Rose earned it last year. Goalie of the year. No, no disrespect against Matt, Matt Vince. We all know what a great goalie is. But Rose is in the same category. I think the problem with Rose is that, uh, you know, he's not a jump. He's not an uh, acrobatic goalie. He's great at the angles. And when he's on his game, it's like, oh, my gosh, he makes it look so easy. Uh, when, when, when the goals are going in on him, people say, oh, he's not even moving. And that becomes a criticism. But that's his style. He, he plays it. He knows where the next pass is going to be. He's out there. He's taking the angles. Well, I think, he's, he's, I think he's, he, he's arguably the best goalie in the NLL right now. And I think he was last year. But uh, uh, I think because he's not doesn't have that flashy style, he doesn't get the same respect. Obviously, like you know, a guy like Christian Del Bianco, when he's on, he makes the brilliant saves. Rosie's not really like that so much, but he is more athletic than I think people give him credit for. And and I think it would be a shame if he doesn't win goalie of the year one of these years when he has such great stats. Because you know, obviously, you got to look at the stats too. You're not just going to get to somebody because he's been you know, a good goalie for so long. But if he gets the, the continues to have the kind of stats he's having so far this year, knock on wood, he should he should be getting votes for goalie of the year. For sure. And uh, you know, I think it's something that uh, obviously around here with the Toronto Rock, an opinion that is shared pretty widely, I think, internally. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I and when you talk about those other guys, you know, and you know, Dylan Ward got his last year, Matt Vince has got his in the past. And when I say um, when I say that, I mean championships. And I think that is oh, still yeah. the thing, obviously, yeah, that, no, that's, you know, that's a good point. Nick Rose still kind of needs to complete that resume. And I think once he gets that on the resume, I think he will start to get uh, a little bit more of that respect. I mean, because I think even if he does win a goalie of the year award, I think that, you know, when you start comparing things, that's always going to be perhaps the thing that separates him from some of those other guys is that ultimate prize at the end of the day. And, and knowing Nick Rose, when when this is all over for him, he wants the championship on his resume. He, I don't think he cares about goalie of the year near as much as he cares about the championship. Absolutely. So, I mean, that leads me to my next question as well. You know, we're talking. We've said the word championship a few times here. Um, with what you've seen from the Toronto Rock, obviously going into the season, you know, the mood is always, you know, the mantra, whatever you want to say, is always championship or bust. And I think, you know, with the offseason moves and 
And uh, it truly showed that once again, Jamie Dowick and the organization are all in trying to win a championship. But, you know, from what you've seen so far, is this the beginnings, the making of a team that can make another serious playoff run here? I, I, I think so. I think it's very much like last year. Like they, they are, I believe, among the best. You know, uh, tough thing is, you know, you've also got the Buffalo Bandits in your division. You got to get by, uh, you know, you, you got to get by how how tracks looks like they can be extremely good or not so good on some nights uh, and and then we've had some improving teams in the east as well so i think the rock has as good a chance as anybody and and i like the moves they made and, and let's not forget like we haven't even seen chris corbeal play yet so like um and, and you know i'm not sure when he'll be ready to be back but i think they've got everything on this team plus the chemistry to do what they need to do, but no matter what, it still comes down to what happens in the playoffs. You, you know, you, you probably are going to have to beat two good teams to get to the, just to get to the championship game. And then that's, you know, then you're meeting a tough team from the West and we know we can't look past any of those teams in the West. So there's a lot of work to be done, but I don't think they need to make any major moves to improve. I think they have what they have. And, and I, I I'm, I sort of feel like I know it's only five games into the season. I sort of feel like it's it's like last year, uh, you know that they it takes a while for them to get in their rhythm. And you know I'm hoping last week's was a sign that they're sort of getting there, you know, and, and into their rhythm. Now, this is obviously a very important game this week, and that that'll maybe tell the tale. Are they going to go on a run like they did last year? Like last year, at the end of the year, Rock were maybe the hottest team in the NLL. I mean they lost a tough game to Buffalo, but it'll it, I in my mind it's going to be the same thing this year. All right, well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and uh, quickly take a little trip around the NLL here and just uh, chat about what's been going on outside of our Toronto rock world here. Um, Rochester is obviously off to a great start, a big, big uh, test for them coming up this weekend with a game against the Buffalo Bandits. Uh, is this Rochester start something that's sustainable? And I'm not, I guess, talking about going undefeated, <laughs> but staying in a playoff spot and, and making some noise, uh, you know, in the East, especially, you know, they're not that far removed from being an expansion team in this league. And, you know, I think that just because, you know, there was a franchise in Rochester and there was no interruption in that. I think that often gets forget about, forgotten about when you talk about the Rochester Nighthawks is that this is an expansion team from just a few years ago yeah. that is, uh, you know, right near the top. Well, you know, first off, I'll say I, I think they are not as good as their record. It's a mirage. No, not really. No, that, that's <laughs> but what I will say is the next four games will show us because the next four games, I think they play Buffalo twice. Halifax twice. I'm not saying they've had an easy schedule to beat the Toronto Rock, and and you know they've won some good games, but I don't think they're as good as a five and zero team. But what I will say is Connor Fields is a huge addition, uh, and that that guy can put the ball in. Even if you look at his stats in Buffalo, for really probably his stats were fantastic, and he was probably the maybe the fourth or fifth guy in their depth chart. Um, so, so I think he's a huge addition, and I think Mike Hazen is an unbelievable coach. I think he gets the most out of his team. So I do believe they are a playoff team, um, but I, I don't think they'll be competing for first place. They could prove me wrong, and 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 like I said, Mike Hazen, 
I've got so much respect for that. Well, they won three championships in a row with Rochester, you know, back in the day. So, uh, so they are a much improved team. I'm just, I'm shocked when I look at the standings and see them up there at five and zero. Yeah, and a tough it, game this weekend against Buffalo. Too. For sure, it's been a surprising start, absolutely. But uh, you know, like you say, full marks to Mike Hayes and his staff, and and Connor Fields, where you think a lot of times player just needs to get into the right situation to thrive. And this seems to have happened with Connor Fields. And, you know, I think what he's done in some of these games is even beyond thriving. You know, he's been doing this at, you know, now an elite superstar status kind of thing and probably something that he just never gets the opportunity to do uh, in a place like Buffalo, because like you say, where he was on the depth chart and that's no knock against really anybody at the end of the day, it's really just a, you know, situation of circumstance. So it's good. Uh, it's good to see fields getting that opportunity and he's definitely a guy that's made the most of it. And it's almost kind of, you know, maybe even a note to some of the other guys around the league, some of these young guys that uh, haven't quite found their stride yet that, you know, sometimes it might not come in year one, year two, year three, year four. Like, you know, it's a, it's a much tougher league now. And with expansion, you're getting more opportunities, but uh, still, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it comes a little later in life and probably maybe even a little heads up to some of the GMs that maybe there are really some uh, true diamonds in the rough sitting there in those uh, depth positions on other rosters. So I think that'll be interesting to track to see, you know, now that Connor Fields has done this uh, to see who the next uh, Connor Fields is going to be that's kind of scooped up. And that that also kind of leads me into talk about some of the other changes around the league here in the last week and uh, week and a half or so. And the New York Riptide have been right at the center of all of that, uh, removing general manager Jim Veltman from his position and then making a series of trades that they've really started to almost remake their team here in the last 10 days or so. Um, what do you think about what's been going on in well, terms well, of transactions? Well, first of all, I'm, I was, I'm, you know, I'm shocked that they got rid of Jimmy Veltman. Like, like I didn't see that coming. And even with, I guess there were three and oh, or sorry, oh and three at the time. I, I don't know if, if if that was like I, I really don't know the reason. I don't know if they fired him because the team got off to a bad start or whether you know they, they people weren't seeing eye to eye. I don't I don't know. And and I think Jimmy Veltman's well Hall of Fame player, but I also think he's a very smart guy and and uh I was sad to see him let go. Uh, but having said that, I also like the trade they made after that and to me it almost signals that they are not trying to expect the team to be a championship caliber right away um you know trading uh Crawford who we all know can put the ball in the net I, I think you know uh the the Panthers get an unbelievable proven score but looking back at the names that are going back to New York I, I think they they got a haul and, and you know Kevin Olderman gives them you know, another good goal. Now you got the Orman brothers there you know, uh, in New York. But Colton Lindstrom, I saw a bit of him this summer. He played in the Nanaimo uh, on the same team as my son in the summer. So I watched them play a lot. This kid's a, a good young player. I think he was, you know, the top assist guy for Nanaimo in, you know, regular season and playoffs his first year in the NLL. I don't know Pete, Petey LaSalle at all, but they've got a couple of draft picks. So I think um, for the future, this trade, Bodes well for uh, New York. Uh, you know, as good as Crawford is, and and he's a guy who sometimes seems to get better with it. He is 38 years old, I believe. So it, it, 
you know, it's a trade for the future. And I, and I think this is going to help New York in the long run. I don't expect them to make the playoffs this year. I don't expect them to have a record as bad as they've started, but I think this is a good trade. And I also think even the goaltender, haven't the Olderman brothers? I mean, hopefully it helps the two of them having the two brothers that are maybe competing against each other a little bit. But, um, but I, yeah, I think overall it's a really good trade for New York. Kind of short term for um, Panther City, but, uh, but, I, but I like the haul that New York got back. And when we look around the West too, you mentioned Panther city and you know how they were knocking on the door last year. And and it seems like they're knocking on the door perhaps again to, to maybe take a run at a playoff spot here. But uh, when we look at the West, San Diego's off to a great start. Colorado's the defending champs. Uh, is there a dark horse lurking in the West or is it a two horse race between the, what, what, the front runners? You know, it's, it's funny. Well, you got to think with the talent, San Diego, uh, They'd have to slip and fall not to finish first place. And, and now I'm not gonna claim that they're gonna go to the finals or anything. I mean they might, but I, but you know there's nobody's gonna roll out the red carpet for them. But I I would be shocked if San Diego doesn't have the best regular season record in the West. They're just too deep in town. But when we talk about dark horses, it's funny because I think Panther City could be that dark horse. I love what they you know they played last year like they wanted a playoff spot. They weren't just happy to earn some respect. They were going for a playoff spot. Tracy Kaleski is a great coach. But adding Donville, who is an extremely mature player for a rookie in the NLL, you know, he's leading the team in scoring so far. Patrick Dodds, I think it was his third year. He's just a young guy. You know, he's still playing junior lacrosse last summer. You know, and now he's entering his, his is it a second or third year in the NHL or NLL? But he's uh, he's he's a great player. And you've got Crawford, Matthew Gauthier. I saw that kid in the Mental Cup, phenomenal. And like, you know, he's he's created some nice highlights over. I think this team has got some pretty good offense. And you know, the way uh, I think Kaleski and uh, it's going to push these guys. I think they have nothing less than a playoff spot in their sights so they could be a dark horse as well i still th- you know colorado almost does it with smoke and mirrors i should say smoke and mirrors and uh, dylan ward because anytime <laughs> you have a goalie as good as him uh, you know we saw them in the playoffs last year with all the injuries they had they still won the championship and even this year there's been a few games where oh, colorado's not going to win this one and 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 they do because anytime you got dylan ward you got a chance to win and and he also comes up big in the biggest games. So, uh, yeah, I, I see it's going to be first and second place, probably going to be uh, San Diego and Colorado. I'm, and I'm I'm not even going to take a guess at this point who's going to go to the finals because I think it's going to be a nice battle. But I would like to see Panthers squeeze in a playoff spot. Yeah, it should be uh, an absolutely – exciting finish to this NLL season, but of course we're, we're kind of just getting started. It's uh, you know, we're just past the midway mark in January and things are starting to sort themselves out. So it should be a, a pretty exciting uh, rest of this NLL season. Shani, thanks a lot for joining me today on the podcast and uh, we look forward to your call back uh, on the mic with us uh, at the start of February here and uh, all the best. And we'll do this again soon. Excellent, Mike. Thanks very much. All right, that was Brian Shanahan, color analyst on TSM Plus for the Toronto Rock. We'll be back on Toronto Rock Total Access to wrap things up in a moment.
wrapping things up here on Toronto Rock Total Access. Great to chat with Shani and catch up and get his perspective on the Toronto Rock and everything going on in and around the National Lacrosse League. So we will uh, we will do that again very soon, I'm sure, with Shani. We always love to have him on the show. So uh, thanks again for giving us a bit of your time here and, uh, and, and teeing things up and taking a look at how the Toronto Rock season has been going so far from some eyes outside the organization, which is always great as well. So as we look forward here, the Toronto Rock will take on the Philadelphia Wings on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock in Philadelphia. You can watch the game on TSM Plus at 1 p.m. We are in the midst of a free preview right now of TSM Plus, so you can log on and check that out through tsn.ca and the TSN app. So don't miss it. Saturday, 1 p.m., Toronto Rock and the Philadelphia Wings. A time change there to that game that was originally scheduled for Saturday night. It is now Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Coming up for the Toronto Rock, after that, the Rock will remain on the road. They'll come home, obviously, after the game in Philadelphia, practice uh, next week here at the track in Oakville, and then get ready to head to Calgary for uh, their one and only Western road trip to take on the Roughnecks. So that'll be next Saturday, January the 28th. And that will be a nationally televised game on TSN at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, so that'll be next Saturday night, January the 28th. The Roughnecks and The Rock on TSN, a nationally broadcast game at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then The Rock will be back at home on Saturday, February the 4th. It is charity night. It is kids' night. It is going to be awesome. The Rock will host the Riptide, who they just played a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, this New York Riptide is going to come in looking a little different than they did when the rock beat them 15 to seven, a couple of weeks ago, they have made numerous changes as Shani pointed out when we, when we chatted with him just a few minutes ago. So this will be a new look riptide team that will be coming into Toronto to do battle with your Toronto rock. And that will be Saturday, February the 4th charity night. We will be auctioning off the steel city black and gold game worn jerseys. And this will all be part of the team's fundraising efforts, raising money for Smiles Home Foundation. So the auction will be kicking off on Wednesday, January the 25th. You can get a little more information right now at torontorock.com auction. But once the auction opens, that's where you'll be able to bid. And it will run right through until Tuesday, February the 7th at 8 p.m. So it'll run for a couple of days after the game as well. And that'll be strictly online, so everybody will have access to bid on the jersey of the player of your choosing. And these will all be either game-worn for players who actually play in the game or game-issued, but these will be the, the true, pro, authentic Toronto Rock jerseys, and they will be the Steel City black and gold edition of the jerseys. So um, it's an awesome night, a great night to raise some funds for Small Zone Foundation and a chance to take home a really unique one-of-a-kind souvenir collectible piece awesome piece of sports memorabilia in the form of an authentic pro game worn toronto rock jersey so that will all get underway like i said on wednesday january the 25th torontorock.com auction is where you can get a little bit more information right now and then where you can bid once things open up on the 25th also lots more going on but it is kids night as i mentioned so as has become basically the uh, the tradition year over year is that's a game where you can get a buy one get one free ticket the buy one is the full priced adult ticket 
The get one is the free youth ticket. So it's an opportunity to bring out the whole family, buy one adult, get one youth ticket free. It's only available through Ticketmaster.ca. And when you click to select your seats on Ticketmaster.ca, when it comes up and asks you how you want to add your ticket, you just add it as the Kids Night BOGO offer. And that will get you the free youth ticket when you are shopping for tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. So it's just that easy. If you do have any questions about how to access the deal, of course, you can always contact our ticket team here at the Toronto Rock office. Call 416-596-3075 or email tickets at torontorock.com and we can help you out. But uh, you do have to make that purchase through Ticketmaster.ca to get the deal. It's not available through the office, but like I said, if you're having some difficulty adding the deal to your checkout online, we're here to help. Okay, so make sure you give us a call if you do need a little bit of help. But like I said, you do have to make that purchase at Ticketmaster.ca. I think that'll bit wrap things up. We've got lots of, lots of other stuff going on. We've got Country Night coming up and we'll be announcing the Halftime Artist very soon. We think that everybody's going to be pretty excited about what we've going what we've got going on there, and then of course we've got Indigenous Heritage Night coming up on Saturday, March 11th, when we take on Albany, which will be another tremendous evening, and we will be unveiling our new Indigenous Heritage Night jerseys very, very, very soon. So keep your eyes on our social media for that. But the new jersey this year, a little bit of a twist on last year's jersey, and I think everybody who loved last year's is probably going to love this year's too. So um, we're looking forward to all that. Lots on the horizon here. So in the meantime and in between time, that does it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access over and done with. I'm Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.